Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Kyle Lacey, who's author of Social CRM for Dummies. And we're going to explore what the heck is Social CRM and how can it benefit your business. I also have a really cool discovery I want to share with you. As a matter of fact, let's do that right now. After untangling a school of anacondas, look what Michael Stelzner found. Do you ever wish there was a super easy way to just very quickly get a video conference together with you and seven of your closest friends (laughs) or one or two and you didn't have to have special software installed you just needed a browser well there's this really awesome service that originally i learned about from cliff ravenscraft my friend and it's called appear.in and you can go there literally by typing the word appear.in and the way it works is you just create a room And it's very simple. You just type in a word and hit the create button and boom, you're in. And you give permission to your camera. And all of a sudden your camera comes up on the screen. Then you can share that link with some of your friends. And immediately they'll come up on the screen and you can all be communicating with each other. It's a lot like video conferencing, kind of like what happens one-on-one with Skype, except you can do it with up to eight people. And I've even heard others use this when they're having problems with Skype. They've used this to record podcast interviews. Now, this doesn't, as far as I know, actually do the recording for you. You'd have to figure out how to do that yourself as far as the audio goes. But it does allow you a very easy way to connect. And the cool thing is they've also come out with a app. And I think right now it's just on the iPhone. But this allows you to very easily do video conferencing with friends. So check it out, appear.in. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And with that, let's transition over to today's expert interview with Kyle Lacey. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Kyle Lacey. If you don't know who Kyle is, he's the director of global content marketing and research at Salesforce Exact Target Marketing Cloud. He's authored numerous books, including Twitter Marketing for Dummies and Social CRM for Dummies. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So today we're going to explore Social CRM. We're going to talk about what it is. We're going to talk about how Social CRM can help marketers market. So let's start with 
a distinction, Kyle. Um, CRM, customer relationship management versus social CRM. How do you distinguish the two? Can you let's unpack that a little bit? Okay. I, you know, I think that when you're looking at the two, they're actually combining more um, than anything else. So I think that when you add on the word social CRM, it's just the idea that you're taking all of the social data. So for customer relationship management, right, it's basically managing all the data around your customers, um, whether you're, you know, whether you're selling them or you're trying to retain them, right? And social is just adding on the, those social data points, whether it's a Facebook profile or a Twitter account or, you know, how many tweets they sent out or anything you could possibly think about that has to do with social media. That's really, it's an all-encompassing look at the customer just with social media added on, if that makes sense. So I don't, I don't really distinguish the two as much because it's really, it's really the same thing. It's just your ability to manage all data points around the customer within a single software source. So it's kind of like saying CRM with social tacked on, so to speak. I mean, yes. it's not so it's sexy. Kind of, it's kind of like, no, it's kind of like the sexy way to say CRM or, or maybe the. Yeah, no, I understand. Sexy. Well, let's step back for a second. For those that are not familiar with CRM systems, can you kind of, you know, elaborate a little bit about what, what they do a little bit more? Yeah. And at a very simple level, I think that it's, it's software that allows you to manage every single touch point. So every single interaction that you have with your customers, right? So their email addresses, what they bought um, from you previously, right? What their Twitter account handle is, what, uh, what was the email that they sent you yesterday. So every single thing that you do, and it ranges based off of what level of business you are, right? So for an enterprise company like Exact Target Marketing Cloud, we use Salesforce um, for our CRM solution, of course, right? Um, for a smaller company, it could be like Nimble, where you're actually managing all of your customer data points around a sing- in a single source, if that makes sense. So anything that has to do with an interaction with a customer, both within uh, a store environment or online, is customer relationship management. And It's really just and, a database, right? I mean, it's yeah, really... It, it's, Simple, yes. I mean, it's a nice, simple, nice, simple way of saying it is it's a database of lots of disparate data organized around people. And, Absolutely. you know, those people are not just customers, they're also prospects, right? Absolutely. And, so, and your ability to manage that process of bringing them from being a prospect to a customer is also part of that CRM solution, of course. So um, just to elaborate a little bit on the social CRM side of things, what is it? What can it do for marketers? Why is it important that marketers are listening right now um, should think about social CRM? Well, I think that we are finally, and if you, if you, uh, anybody listening, you should go check out Mary Meeker's new state of the internet that she put out a couple days. Well, I think it was May 28th that she put it out. Um, and I think that we've reached a point where social media has met, has uh, hit maturity stage. And in order for us to realize the true value of it, we have to be able to connect it to our customers that we already have in our old systems, right? So if let's say a retailer has a thousand customers within their CRM solution, we need to be able to go out and try to find those social pieces of data that, that connect to those a thousand consumers because we want to make them advocates, right? We, any business wants thousands of customers just talking about them constantly and your ability to realize that 
is very much tied into how you manage your data right around the customer and so that's from a social standpoint i think it i think it allows you to realize the value of social much more if you're connecting all those data points and you can use it to communicate effectively if that makes sense well you know i'm sure a skeptic listening right now it might say well we've already got in our database the email addresses of all of our customers what in the world do we need the social stuff for and we've already got, let's say, Twitter followers and Facebook followers. Why have that data combined with the list that is already in place when we have their email and we can just push out an email and say, follow us here, follow us there? We've, had, we've done a lot of work just on analyzing the data behind that question because a lot of times it's, it's you know, if you're talking to an email marketer and you're talking to a social marketer, email is usually the one that drives the majority of the revenue for a company, depending on the industry, right, or the vertical. Um, but what we found is if you have customers that are connected on more than one channel, so for example, if you've connected with them on email and on Facebook, they actually drive more value in sales if it's multiple channels that you're connected to them on, if that makes sense. So if if you have an email database and you have a Facebook database, so you can pull information from your email database to drive advertising on Facebook, it drives more value to the company because you're connecting those two points. When you say connect with um, customers on yeah. a social network, um, elaborate a little bit. What do you mean by connect? Do you mean sending them a tweet? What does that mean exactly? Oh, it could be a ton of things, right? I think that uh, one-click sign-on using Facebook is probably the the uh, biggest thing that we see right now. Where you know, if you go to a if you go to a website, you can sign in through Facebook, and then they've got all that information. It, when you say connect, it's more understanding the data behind the customer, not necessarily communicating with them. I think that's the second phase of all this. Um, I think it's all of the data you can pull. And, you know, I, we're not being creepy here. We're just being effective. <laughs> well, let's talk, yeah, let's talk about what can you do with that. I mean, what kind of data can you pull when you're able to connect um, somehow their Facebook account or Twitter account with their uh, email address or whatever else you have on file? Well, what's some of the data that you can, you can now have to make smart decisions? Well, we, I mean, we know that Facebook changes its algorithm nightly, it seems like, right? And it changes the rules around what type of data you can pull, it feels like, nightly. But, you know, if you, if you are interacting with a website and asks you to sign on via Facebook and it says, we are going to take your email address and all your basic profile information, it basically means the majority of your profile, right? So that means your demographic information or anything you've filled out as a customer, and that is extremely valuable to brands because then they can match that email address with the email that they already have in the database to say this is you, right? So it's connecting you with what they already have in the database. And then they have much more information to make better decisions um, with what they're doing with their data, both from a social side as well as an email side. Uh, we know that Facebook ads perform at a higher level if you're using your database, your email database demographic information as well. So it's connecting those two things and that's where the idea of social CRM comes in. And I think it's more of, an, more of a just terminology to say we're adding social data into the entire mix that we already have. 
Well, you, you know, interestingly enough, I know that you can export, like we've got 250,000 people on our daily email list. Mm -hmm. And I know that you can export that list and import it into Facebook and Facebook keeps all that information private, but it will match up the, um, the users on Facebook with the email addresses and then allow you to do targeted advertising to those people, right? Absolutely. Um, and I guess hypothetically you could do that with your unsubscribes and say, come back, we want you back, right? Is this the kind of stuff that you're talking about? Yeah, I think it is. Yes, absolutely. And there's a hundred thousand different ways that you can use it, right? And even even from a, if you want to dive into customer service, right? Twitter from a customer service standpoint, if you connect the dots between somebody calling into a call center, right, and their Twitter account, and you're using Twitter to listen, you can actually decrease call center costs as well when you connect the two. And there is nine billion different ways to do this, but it's really about taking every single point of interaction that somebody's having with you as a brand. I don't care if you are a accountant in Illinois or you're a multi-enterprise company. Um, you need to be able to connect those things because customers are becoming, um, they're wanting it basically. They're wanting more of it, in my opinion. At least the ones that are becoming advocates for you, you need to know about them. Interesting. I guess, I guess hypothetically, if someone was complaining on a Facebook wall or on Twitter about something you and you had a social CRM, you might be able to determine whether they're a new customer or a legacy customer or someone who's a, one of your top customers and assign the appropriate yes, reaction to it, right? Absolutely. In a perfect world, that's what we're looking at. And I, and disparate data systems makes that hard. And I think that the bigger conversation is around organizational structures of businesses to begin with so things aren't siloed. But that's what you're really talking about, right? It's about um, not necessarily being proactive, um, at least from the external marketing side, you're being proactive. But there's also a reactive side to this that drives uh, bottom line for a business or decreases costs. Absolutely. Because obviously like that Cheers song, everybody wants to go somewhere where everybody knows their name, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if they already know who they're dealing with, it makes it a lot easier, right? It's right. kind of like when you check into a hotel and you're a frequent stayer at the hotel, they know that you prefer a non-smoking room and that you like your turndown service not to happen, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And if they, but, but think about that. See, if I, you know, I checked into a Marriott hotel in Denver last night. And if they would have had my Twitter account on file, they could have tweeted me and said, welcome to the Marriott City Center in Denver, Kyle. And that just makes the experience, which is even more important to brands now, especially as technology uh, becomes easier to use for customers, um, that just makes the experience better, which is more important in the long run because that makes me a more loyal consumer. Or they could have, um, after you checked out, said, thank you for staying with us, right? Right. Absolutely. Just simple, simple little things like that. And that's where this is headed. So um, I want to talk about an example. I'm sure that there are some companies doing this better than others, but is there a um, interesting or creative use of social CRM that you've seen or heard about that you could kind of share with our listeners that might help them understand maybe where this could be going? I think that it, you know, a lot of the examples that we have at the moment are more customer service oriented. And, it's, and it has to do with if I'm, let's say it's a major airline and I'm sending a tweet and I am, and this is an actual example, but I can't use the name, sending a tweet and I am upset about a flight getting canceled. 
they have the ability to call me directly because they have my phone number because it's connected to my Twitter account. And then they also have my email that they can send me a survey after they talk to me on the phone and reply to my tweet. Huh. Right. So I, I think it's I think it's the idea that um, instead of us trying to us as marketers um, trying to build systems to get customers to interact with us, we have to build systems that allow customers to interact with us they w- the way they want to, right? Not the way we think they need to. It's about keep. Is, it's about keeping customers, right? It's about absolutely. It's about retention. It's about reducing churn. You know, these are the kind of things I'm sure that absolutely that um, and that's cool. I mean, like if all of a sudden you send a tweet and you're on American Airlines and all of a sudden American Airlines shows up on your cell phone, you'd be like blown away. <laughs> absolutely. And there's and there's a level, right? There's a creepy level that that right. as brands. Well, they you could text you and say, "Hey, balance. is it okay if we talk yeah. by phone?" Right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And and yeah. that's and, and social, right? Social is just one piece of that data, right? And I think that it's a very valuable one because people use it all the time, and it's very personable, and that's why we like it as consumers. And you know, you and I both know that social media is very egotistical, and we have to feed that as brands. Um, because it, it just benefits. Where are we at with the life cycle of this? I mean, is this early days or is this mature? Kind of give me your thoughts. <laughs> um, I would say early. Um, and mainly it's because of how businesses are organized to begin with. Um, it's really hard for any organization to build a, a one-to-one model. And when I say one-to-one model, it just means you can communicate with an individual person the way they want to be communicated with, right? And you know that because you have the data to support it. It's like the Peppers and Rogers book from what? It was like 1991 when they were talking about the one-to-one experience, right? Um, I think that it has to do with the ability for brands to be able to support that. And when PR owns social or socials in IT or socials in marketing or social is randomly off of the CEO and they're not connecting their data sources, it's just not going to work. In legacy systems, it's just really hard for enterprise companies to do that. And also small businesses because it's hard for small businesses to support it because they just don't have the funds to do it sometimes. So talk to me a little bit about some of the basic functions that exist today since we're still early days. You know, what are uh, of the social, I mean, are there, are there social CRM quote unquote solutions or are there, yeah. there are. Okay. So what are some of the common functions that you seem to see across some of these social CRM solutions so that at least, you know, our listeners can kind of in their brain think about what they might be yeah. able to do. So I, you know, nimble of course, um, is a social CRM solution. I use contactually, um, and contactually, actually, I can I can connect, um, and and Nimble has the same type of functionality. I can connect my Outlook account, my LinkedIn account, my Twitter account, Facebook account, and Gmail account. It pulls in all of my contacts and then starts connecting them together. So oh, what, if, does, what does that I'm mean? Yeah, elaborate. Connecting them like if I pull in your name for my Gmail account or for my Outlook account, it will say it will give me a queue of like a hundred names to say. Is is this Mike's Twitter name and his LinkedIn account and his Facebook account? And if I say yes, it connects you all into one um, one uh, database ID, 
Oh, interesting. And then I can start setting up communication model. And this is more for a smaller business type. Like um, I use it personally, but I and then I can bucket you into different um, uh, alerts of if I when I want to communicate with you and what channel I want to communicate with you on. So it will send me an email that says you need to send Mike a tweet, or hey, Mike just sent a tweet, or hey, uh, Mike added somebody on Twitter. Maybe you will be interested in them as well. Oh, interesting. So that's just Will it also tell example. you like if I have a life event going on, like, uh, you know, um, uh, I just took a new job or something like yeah, that? Yes. So it does pull in LinkedIn life events. I don't think it pull, it will pull in Facebook birthdays, I think, but that's it. Gotcha. So what can somebody do with something like that? How do you use it? Oh, man, communication, right? I, I think that in a world where um, we are just becoming inundated with a lot of things, a lot of messages, a lot of pictures, a lot of video, a lot of everything, right? Because of the internet, it's really hard to stay in contact with people that really matter. And I think the same thing applies to customers. I look at it as a networking tool, right? So that I can bucket mentors, I can bucket you know, um, leaders and social media, I can bucket different things and it will start automating the way that I communicate. Now there's a certain point where automation, meaning, you know, it can trigger an email to say, Hey, Jay bear, I think you should read this post from, or Hey, happy birthday. I hope you have a wonderful one. Right. Right. (laughs) Where, you know, you write the same message to 60 people. It's, it gets a little bit depersonalized if you make it too much about automation but it does help you manage everything that you're doing. So if, if you have, let's say you have three of your main accounts as a small accounting firm out in Illinois and you have three people that are three main businesses that generate the majority of your revenue and you know those three people and you know they're on Facebook and you have their Twitter account and you have their LinkedIn profile and you know what their interests are, you can feed them information that helps them. So let's say Tom, who's the CEO of the accounting firm, he loves fishing because for some reason you figured that out or he shared a post on LinkedIn about fishing and how it relates to business or whatever. You can start sharing articles to him about fishing and it helps build that relationship and it helps you know what Tom, the CEO, actually is interested. Does it actually now, reveal to you here's a couple of hot fishing articles you may want to share with Tom? Contactually does not do that yet. I don't know if they're planning on rolling. I'm not sure if Nimble does it to be honest with you. That would be a great That'd be great. And and it probably will come eventually, right? Um, I've heard of apps, and I don't know if this is the same app, but I've heard of apps where before you go into a meeting, you can put in the name of the person that you're going to meet, and somehow it'll look on their social profiles and on their blog and see what they've been talking about lately. So that when you walk into that meeting, you can say, hey, how about that sporting event last night? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's the same kind of concept, right? Absolutely. It's it's. You know, take the social out of it, take the customer out of it, because I think that we are all customers in some shape or form, right? We're all trying to sell an idea. It's really about relationship management. You know, your ability to manage data around those relationships, whether they're personal or they're business oriented, in order to to drive um, more success, right? Whether that's personal or sales, what does it cost? Yeah, what does it cost for some of these? Um, um, uh, you know, you talked about um, contextually and nimble. I mean, are these expensive or inexpensive for the smaller businesses? Oh, contextually, I think I think I it's like forty forty five bucks a month. Gotcha. I'm not sure about nimble. If you start scaling into like managing personalized data around 
hundreds of thousands of clients, right? Then you're getting into the world of, you know, the Salesforce exact target marketing cloud and, and being able to manage all of that. Then it gets, you know, it depends on how many people you have in a database, not necessarily a monthly fee. So let's talk about the enterprise side of things. What kind of stuff can these bigger systems do? Um, you know, that might help uh, a sales or marketing organization. Well, I think a lot of it when it comes to social has to do with personalization. So, uh, you know, a lot of what we talk about now has to do with personalizing the journey of the customer uh, when they're experiencing a brand, right? So if I go on Amazon and I've bought um, a book, it's recommending products to me, right? But that it scales across email, it scales across web. If you have that social information plugged in, so if I'm going to Amazon and I signed in through Facebook and they have my Facebook information, in a perfect world from an enterprise level, you could start delivering personalized information to me, to one email to my inbox that has personalized information based off of my purchase behavior as well as my interests within the social graph. And that's really social CRM. And then as I interact with the email, it changes um, live as I'm interacting with it. One of the questions that comes to mind, and I'm sure some of our listeners are probably curious about this is privacy. Um, yeah. I know some networks like Twitter are completely public and Google plus and to a lesser extent, LinkedIn, Facebook is a different matter. So do these systems rely on the user in particular when it comes to Facebook giving permission, um, to get the yeah. data into the system or is it mostly pulling public data that the users have made public somehow through the social networks or is it a combination of both? Actually, it's, it's, it's three different. It's behavior on a website. So what you're clicking on, it's what's been made public and it's what you have shared on social, but it's all about Pub publicly, opting. publicly, right? I'm imagining. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. all about opting in, right? If I opt in, for a company to connect to my Facebook page, then I've opted in and I've agreed that they can take what they want as long as they have detailed that out to me within the terms of service, right? When I, when I click confirm, gotcha. um, we can, you know, we can pull data and use it to, um, deliver personalized experiences through email, through text, through whatever channel we're talking about. But I think that brands need to watch, uh, click-through rates if they start dropping. They need to watch unsubscribe rates if they start dropping. If you start using data that customers aren't necessarily um, wanting you to use, you'll you'll see the numbers and they'll start fluctuating because of it. So you you have to be on the data all the time in order to make it work the right way. But it, but it it the, we see personalized communication uh, for our clients. We see it between a 15 and 20% lift in sales because they've personalized the content to an individual instead of a mass newsletter. And social is just a component of that. Is it possible, and this is kind of stretching a little bit, and maybe it's not possible yeah. today, but is it possible, let's just say I'm in a restaurant chain, national restaurant chain, and um, I knew some of the American um, fa fans that were on Facebook or somehow you know they're in the database, and on their birthday, I put a, an ad just for them that says, hi, Mike, happy birthday. Um, come on into Applebee's for a, a free dessert um, on us. You know, is it, is it at that point yet? Uh, I don't, 
I don't know about Facebook ads. If you have their email address, I mean, that's game all day long. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking somehow using the social channel. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you had the resources, you could go post it to their Facebook page, right? But then, but then you're managing human resources and is that an actual positive so that, yeah ROI, that would right? so i see so but okay so that you could pull in their birthday from the facebook data and then you could email them a special offer and say happy birthday that that's that, that's the way those two things would that, connect absolutely we have clients do that all the time if they if they have uh so if they ask for their email address when they're in the restaurant and they don't fill out the birthday and they find them on Facebook, that's just another way to start entering in more information about that person that they didn't get when they initially acquired them as a customer. Now, one of the big questions is return on investment, trackability and stuff. I mean, like, do these kind of things, you know, are they innately trackable because it's all in a database? Does this help answer the the ROI question a little bit more than perhaps the other types of social marketing that we're doing? Yes, and, and a lot of that has to do with your ability to connect it to other channels. So we have a, we have a retailer that does uh, contests on Facebook, and they, they ask for email addresses in order for you to enter that contest, and it's a one-click sign-on. If they can't get your email from their Facebook page, then they have you enter it, it, it in, right? And they can value an email based off of the amount of revenue they can generate, right? So if they have... If they get 20 emails from this contest and they value the emails at $10 per email, right? That's revenue generation of two, um, 200 bucks. Is that 200? 20 times 10? That's, that's 200, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> You're a marketer, not a math guy, right? Well, that's the problem, right? Um, so, so that's the idea. And I, and I think that uh, ROI for social, I think it's getting easier just because of all the technology that's come up, whether you're talking about marketing automation or call center solutions that have social tied in, because a decrease in call center cost is ROI for social, right? If, if you implement a Twitter uh, campaign that's connected to email that's also connected to a call center and you decrease time on the phone by three minutes and decrease cost by 20%, that's a positive ROI across the board for everyone. Right. So it's just a matter of how you look at that. And I think that we're becoming better as marketers instead of saying, instead of taking all the engagement metrics, right, and saying, oh, we got a thousand likes from this campaign. Great. We're actually saying, oh, well, we got 50 emails as well, and that generated 2,000 in revenue. So we need to apply 1,500 of that to social because social was the main point of contact for that customer. And now we're getting into the weeds of marketing automation, but that's that's really where we're going is one system to measure all of it, whether we're talking about communicating through a channel or measuring the return. Awesome. Now, um, in the in the back of your book, Social CRM for Dummies, you have you reference a whole bunch of different kind of social <laughs> CRM solutions. Yeah. You've got the enterprise ones, you've got the customer service ones, you got the small business ones, you got the cross channel ones. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the the differences, maybe, or you know, are we beginning to see a merging of these things, or are they yes. just do they start in different industries and they're kind of working their way together? What's going on with all that? Well, here's so we, you know, I think that social CRM and social within marketing is definitely a paradigm shift, and publishing is also a paradigm shift. So we wrote this book in uh, last year, 
And if you look at um, the back of that book with all those names, the majority of them have either uh, been acquired, like us from Salesforce or Responses um, through Oracle, um, or have gone out of business. Wow. So it's it's really hard to <laughs> put you know examples of people to use. I think if I think if you are an enterprise enterprise customer and you're dealing with over I'd say about 100,000 contacts that are customers and you're dealing with their data, you know, the, the marketing clouds, the Salesforce's Zach Target Marketing Cloud is a great place to go. If you're a small business um, that manages 50,000, HubSpot's a great example of a CRM solution with automation that allows you to drive that revenue. Nimble's a great one. Contactually is a great one. Um, but it's really depending on what you're wanting to spend and, and how much time you're wanting to spend on it. But it changes constantly. And it sounds like um, there's probably new things cropping up, and but it sounds well, like the big boys are are in acquisition mode, and they're you know yes. as they always have been, right? I mean, it's always been dominated by just a few people. I mean, if you think about it, back in the day, it was SAP and Oracle and, and yeah. Salesforce, you know, and um, it seems like you know these big database companies are all about really just getting stronger and more capabilities, and um, but the good news well, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. What are you going to say? It's about it's just connect. It's connecting all those sources, right? So you have legacy systems like SAP or like IBM that need marketing solutions because they already have the data, right. and their customers are saying, "Well, what the hell do we do with this?" And so that's why I think you see this churning right now over the past year of just acquisitions all over the place uh, because of that. Well, one thing's clear: social media is not going away. Right. <laughs> and more and more people are, you know, essentially becoming more and more um, enthralled, embracing social media. And the idea of having that social data combined with customer data and prospect data is, I think, really awesome. And when you start thinking about where this is headed and all the possible permutations and ability to do, you know, all these kinds of things like automation and email communication and insight. I mean, it's crazy where it's headed and um, I think it's the future. So, and as you said, even though, you know, gosh, we wrote about it first in 2010 and it was not, you know, and it's 2014 now. I mean, it's still young in the grand scheme of things, just like social media is young. Everything is changing. So, um, I guess, give me some closing thoughts on where you might, yeah. for someone listening right now who's on the fence on social CRM, what, what, you might, what might you say to them? You know, don't get focused on terminology. Get focused on managing customers. Um, I, I have a quote that I love that I usually end with, and it's from David Walmsley, who's the head of multi-channel for Marks & Spencer, retailer out of uh, the UK. And he said, uh, we must move from numbers keeping score to numbers that drive better actions. And I think that as marketers, it's our responsibility to take every single piece of data that we have around that customer that's spending money with us, that's trusting us. I don't care if you're selling a toilet bowl or, or a, a tax service, right? And you have the responsibility to manage that experience the best way you know how. And that's where CRM comes in, whether it's social CRM or maybe it's WhatsApp CRM in the near future. I have no clue, but the point is, is managing the relationship with the customer. And that's, and that is the bottom line. Kyle Lacey, author of social CRM for dummies. Um, where can people discover more about you and your book? Uh, Kyle 
uh, at Kyle P. Lacey, and then, of course, at exacttarget.com. And we should spell it out. It's K-Y-L-E. Um, Kyle, thank you so much for joining me today on the Social Media Marketing Podcast. You've been awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm not one for uh, crazy fanfare and blowing balloons and singing yahoo and tooting my own horn, but I am excited to mention to you that this is episode 100 of the podcast. That's crazy if you think about it. (laughs) So anyways, um, thank you for listening. For those of you that have been with me from the very beginning, and I know there are many of you that have, I appreciate you more than you would ever know. This is one of the most enjoyable things that I do on a weekly basis. Now, just a couple of things. Um, If you want to find the show notes for this episode, you can go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 100. And that's where you'll find every app and reference that we talked about in today's show. Also, if you love the show, I would love it if you'd consider giving us a rating and or a review on iTunes. This helps us get discovered more in the ratings. And you can do that by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. And while you're there, just go ahead and click the star rating and give us a review. That would be awesome. And subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Well, this does bring us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back in the driver's seat with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Be sure to check out Michael's other podcast, Parenting Adventures. Dad, I'm bored. Heard this before? If so, you're not alone. Grab a torch and join us for Parenting Adventures as we bring fun back to the family. Visit ParentingAdventures.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.